Okay, we are live on another episode of the Edlo Podcast. Hello, Alpha Zoe. Hey, what's up? So uh, I'll tell the story of how we met. I I think I think I went to an East Bay pro wrestling show, mm. and um, I just was there as a spectator, just kind of you know saying hi to some friends, and then I ran into the tag team Too Fresh, and. <laughs> yeah. You and you and Dre and watching you guys, um, I always felt like I had a knack for what the casual fan. I think you were pretty new. You guys are just kind of I don't know if you just debuted or what, but you're still pretty new. This was a few years back, um, and it, I feel like I have a pretty good knack of what I know casual fans would like, not just the indie guys. And you guys immediately, I was like, these guys have the charisma, you know everything and you guys have just blossomed as a tag team and then also in your in your individual uh you know wrestling careers and so uh so i'm really excited to have you on because you're kind of at a at a precipice and we'll kind of talk about that so um how do you feel about all that is it surreal for you um i wouldn't really say surreal would be the word it would be more of like a blessing because I've really been working hard to get to where I wanted it to like really be. And right now it's like steadily making its way, like, um, you know, wrestling Leo Rush, Jeff Cobb, doing a whole tournament. Um, Hell, I got Starboy Charlie Boo. Like who who wants to boo Starboy Charlie? I I got it to be done. And, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's just been, it's just been a blessing to just be able to do everything that I'm doing right now. Like all the matches being able to like, even like, even not like when wrestling at West coast, we're just wrestling anywhere now because now everybody's just like, we know who Zoe is. Like, I remember at one point it was just like, we know Zoe because world's freshest tag team, but now it's being more solidified as Zoe as a singles wrestler. I enjoy both compliments, but it's just like, when me and Fresh were first teaming up, like I was still at a loss of where I wanted to be or who I wanted to be. And, you know, things just take time. So, you know, I appreciate just, you know, Fresh being there for the whole ride and whatnot. And I'm, you know, happy that me and him are like still tag partners, tag champs too. And I'm just happy that I was able to finally blossom out and be the singles wrestler that I wanted to be. Yeah. Well, and that's what I've seen. I've seen you wrestle as singles as a singles competitor. And then I've seen you in the, in the world's freshest tag team. And it's definitely a different vibe. Two complete different people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, and you know, the thing is, is the, the thing I like about, well, I like both of them because the, the rest alpha Zoe singles competitor is intense. You're an intense wrestling individual. Like you, when I heard you were wrestling Jeff Cobb, and I've known Jeff Jeff Cobb since he broke in. I mean, he he moved he moved to Sacramento. Not a lot of people know this. Um, I I ran a promotion uh, back in 2008 to 2011, 2012. That was kind of like the heyday of it. I ran a few shows later, but that was the big time. And then we had a promotion, or we had a, a training school hooked to a gym in Rancho Cordova, and. Jeff Cobb moved from the from Hawaii to here because Oliver John was the trainer and he yeah. trained with Ollie. 
And so I remember him when he first broke in and he has become like, I mean, he is amazing. And so when I heard you, you remind me a lot of him, you know, in, in that, like your intensity, when I heard you were working, Jeff, I, I said, that is a perfect, that's a, that's a perfect uh, match for you to kind of get out there and break out, you know? Yeah. And, and the, I just, I just saw the highlights, but it looked, it looked like it went well. Oh, went amazing. Um, standing ovations all around. Um, yeah. Even Jeff Cobb was happy with the match. So, I mean, I've done something right. Um, yeah. So is I'm just happy that people can, you know, even though that I'm intense, they can still, you know, give me the like, you deserve it or, you know, you did great. You know, um, like even after our match, I mean, I think there was a match after us. There was a match like right after us and then once intermission hit and I was walking back to sell merch, I just got a standing ovation like right there, like from everybody in that area. It, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, so you did great. No, it was an innovation. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I, I didn't know how to react to it because, you know, I'm still kind of getting used to used to that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, and that's a that's the thing that's so interesting is then I see you like I remember going to an all pro wrestling show again just as a spectator just to watch some matches, and you know you and you and Fresh were out there and even uh, and even Nuck Nuck and you guys were like dancing to MC Hammer and just goofing <laughs> around, you know, just like before the show even started and having a great time, and uh, and that's that's kind of the two fresh the the world's freshest tag team vibe as you guys are out there dancing and having a good time and getting everybody into it. Um, and, and I find that the best characters tend to be ones that are kind of extensions of the person. Do you feel like uh, Alpha Zoe, the singles wrestler, and Alpha Zoe as part of the World's Freshest Tag Team, do you feel like those are both kind of extensions of your actual personality or one versus the other? Oh, no. They're both complete extensions of, like, who I am. Um, I wrestled in high school and college. Um got hurt so i wasn't really able to finish off you know the state wrestling side my senior year like i wanted to and then i got hurt off season in college so that was great um but i also like to just have a good time make sure everybody's happy so the intensity comes from me doing wrestling martial arts and all that because like it helps me stay calm it's like it's like my therapy and then the whole having fun, let's have fun vibe is literally because I used to be a dancer and, you know, I just like to have fun with my friends. That's it. Like at this point, like when I'm out there, we're fresh. The fans are our friends. We want them to have fun. If they don't have fun, then we're not having fun. They boo, we boo. Like mm-hmm. we're one and the same. So I'm right. glad that we click like that. But when it comes to me being by myself, it's like, I'm going to hurt you enjoy it but i'm gonna shake your hand later because mm-hmm. at the end of the day we're both doing this not as like entertainment this is a sport mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so yeah i, I do i do and that's really interesting i want to use that as a way to go back because there's a lot there to unpack about who you are you're a dancer you're you wrestled uh in high school and college and martial arts so let's start go back and just ask where did you grow up tell me about your family um i grew up in oakland california and then moved to stockton 
Um, you know, I'm, I lived with my grandparents for most of my life. At some point I lived by myself. Um, and then I moved back in with them. I helped take care of them. Um, when my grandfather had liver cancer, I had, um, that, this is like my junior year, I believe when he got liver cancer, we, uh, I had to stop wrestling to go help take care of him and my grandma, cause she was the only one working and then she had to stop working. So it was like, okay, we're about to lose the house. Cause we lived in the house when we first lived here. Now we live in an apartment. Um, so as of right now, I'm kind of like, you know, helping around with bills, buying groceries, um, making sure that they've eaten, make sure that they got their medication. Cause both of them, they're like, both about to be in their, my grandma's about to be in her sixties, like mid sixties. And my grandfather's already in the seventies. So, mm. I mean, I kind of been the only one around to really help take care of them. Um, my older brother was here, but he moved to LA. Um, but he's coming back, I believe, today, tomorrow. I think tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah, wow. yeah. He's just you know, so you know he messes us. My mom, she uh, she lived literally like five minutes away, so mm-hmm. I can always see her. At one point, she was living in Vallejo, so I would go out to Vallejo to go see her, come back down here, but you know. Just living, enjoying the the wrestling life because they enjoy wrestling. My grandparents, my whole family enjoys wrestling. They were most of my family was there when I wrestled Jeff Cobb. So nice. there was that. yeah, like even like my family members from Oakland were out there, and I wasn't expecting them to be there. They were holding up the signs. No, I wear glasses when I wrestle. I don't wear contacts at all, so I can't see nobody. I can see <laughs> I can see figures, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. people were holding up an alpha zoe sign like just letters and i was all like i see that but i don't see the people <laughs> nice. i appreciate you though like <laughs> yeah yeah nice yeah so so going going back you mentioned uh you lived with your grandparents your mom lived close by uh dad not in the picture um short short story on that um growing up before i lived with my grandparents i was living with my mom and growing up, like from an infant to I think like four, three or four, I always thought my stepdad was my dad. I never knew about my dad mm. until I believe I turned eight and I mm. got a phone call and it was my dad. He was calling from jail. Mm. So I didn't know what was real, what wasn't real. I felt like I was lied to. But mm. that just me being a very emotional child. <laughs> but I but would... I but but to be fair though, I mean to be fair to you, I think any anybody would be a little emotional if they had been led to believe something that wasn't accurate and something as significant as who your dad is. I don't think you should chalk that up to being emotional. I chalk that up to being a human. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But it's just yeah. you know, as I said, like I. I always thought my stepdad was my real dad. Like he yeah. took care of me, changed my diapers. He's, he's done all that. So yeah. I never questioned like, is he my dad? Is he not my dad? I just mm-hmm. knew that that was dad. And then yeah. got a phone call. Nah, this is my dad. I've never yeah. seen him before. So my first time seeing him was when I was 17. Oh wow. Yeah, just got out of jail. I was still in high school. Uh, we hung out once, 
and then you know kept in contact he still keeps in contact as we speak right now he's currently um incarcerated again but you know trying to handle that um not going to get into details about it but sure yeah but i mean from what i hear he's a nice guy um but you know uh yeah i don't know i just yeah so so let me let me let me ask you a couple of questions i won't try to get into you know the incarceration stuff but your stepdad is he still a part of your life too oh yeah yeah he was there when i wrestled jeff Cobb. okay so he he and your mom still married oh yeah they've been married for a long time i don't know the exact number but i think that they've been married since i was like a kid and i'm like 29 now so right so it's been a while so so still still kind of consider him a dad oh yeah of course of course every time he sees me he gives me a hug and be like just know i used to change your diapers so (laughs) being big on me big dog I don't nice. want no problems. That's, that's <laughs> every time I see them. That's and it's awesome. Just, it's just it's just hilarious. So it's so hilarious. let me ask you, what prompted you to move in with your grandparents? Oh, uh, I don't know. I was a kid. Uh, <laughs> I, I okay. was a kid. Um, I had all my video games with them. So like, uh, and then I know at some point my mom wanted me to you know have a better life. So with them moving out of Oakland and yeah. Stockton, it just this made more sense. Uh, so like, even though Stockton's not the nicest place right now, but when I was a kid, Stockton wasn't actually that bad. Stockton was very low key. Um, all my friends, I lived in like a little cul-de-sac. All my friends like were literally like the next corner down or the next side up in the cul-de-sac. So it was just like, we all always hung out, like yeah. playing, base, playing basketball, football, hide and seek tag, like, it was just an easy life, and then I would go to school, come home, do homework, play video games. You know, it was just nice little life up until, like, I got older. Then that's when, like, Stockton started going to shit. And I'm like, well, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, now I've been held up at gunpoint before. Uh, oh, me, wow. and my, me and my friend, um, Natalie, we were both held up at gunpoint. They took her purse, but for some reason, they didn't check my pockets for a phone. So huh. they're... They're idiots. Good on them. Good on them because not one was called immediately. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, fun time. It, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. I I lived uh, for a brief time in my when I probably like first grade to probably like fourth or fifth grade. I think I lived in Modesto, and it was kind of the same thing. You know, it wasn't a terrible place, but it wasn't necessarily nice either. You know. Yeah. Uh, but definitely better than Oakland, I'm sure. You know, oh, right now, Oakland. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all your friends were they? Were you guys all kind of like uh, all wrestling fans? I wouldn't say all. I would say at least half. The other half were more like anime, you know, cartoon. You know, yeah. they, that's what they were into. That the other ones were into wrestling. So mm-hmm. we, we used to always wrestle on the grass note i'm allergic to grass so that's that's fun um but we used to always play wrestle play fight you know always have fun just doing dumb things jumping off of roofs oh yeah game. doing yeah. those showing those hardy boys backyard wrestling mm-hmm. moves hardy boy days this is back when the hardy boys was was still the 
wrestling for the tag titles against the Dudley Boys and Edge Christian. So Swanton bomb off the fence, yeah. you know, leg drop. We brought out pillows, so we, we thought it was a safer fall. It really wasn't. We were dumb. We were kids. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't so, don't do this at home, kids. Don't do it at <laughs> home, please. So so let me ask you the independent um, the independent scene. When did you become aware of the independent scene? College, my uh, my, I would say my first year of college. Yeah. Okay. Um, what what year would that have been? Well, let's see. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, I had to. Okay. I graduated twenty thirteen, and then twenty fourteen. Literally that next year, um, I, I I'm I'm also an actor. I used to do plays, so mm-hmm. I I knew this guy. He doesn't wrestle no more. I believe he quit. Became a podcaster. And I think he has a single. Um, I would just name him by name. His name was Joshua Gaiman. Um, he was part of the place that I was doing too. He was like, Hey, you're a wrestling fan, right? I was like, Yeah. And he was just like, Wanna learn how to wrestle? Sure. Drive all the way up to Yuba City. Uh, mm. I was trained at that point by Reggie Bright, Eddie Vega, a couple other folks. Um, I know Brian Cage was there at one point. Is that, is that is that like the PCW or is that WCWF or it it, it was WCWF was even thought of at this point I believe okay. Okay. so it was like UCW it was like in a church oh yeah I remember UCW yeah it, uh, Tony Tony Dreamer or whatever was the one to start mm-hmm. that right yeah yeah, yeah. I, that's that's where I came from you can look it up on uh, if you look at one of the photos on my Instagram. I was actually a mass wrestler when I made my debut. I was haiku. There's been a couple of haikus down the line, <laughs> and I was the last one. So, wow. yeah. So that that was fun times. I'm just so, a boy. So it's, in- stuff. it's interesting to hear where people come from and where the connections are. Because Tony Dreamer. So, so I've shared this in the past. My wrestling journey starts in a backyard in 1999. And uh, in 2000, and 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 then the my my pros my my pro history comes at the beginning of SPW in April of 2000, and yeah. the first couple of shows at the Colonial Theater. It was before Big Ugly. Big Ugly was on the shows, but he was not running the book. It was a guy named Rich Roby, and he brought Tony Dreamer into those first couple of shows to work those shows too. And it's just so interesting to see how because then then you know I don't know exactly when it happened. I went on a mission for my church. After probably like three or four SPW shows, I left and uh, he uh, he took over the book at some point and then pretty much everybody else kind of splintered off and Tony Dreamer splintered off and then years later UCW popped up and he was kind of involved with that. So kind of cool how everybody, like for example, you know, uh, PCW that was out in Yuba City, Schizo was involved in that and he, he trained at the same place I did when Oliver John was running Pro I Am Wrestling and it's just so interesting all the connections how this place how how indie wrestling in in northern california has branched out and created other big stars like alpha zoe you know you've come around and and uh, uh going back real quick i want to ask though you, you know you mentioned some things you said you were a dancer did you take professional like like dance lessons or what do you mean by you were a dancer i was part of a dance group um, oh were you yeah we uh, we started off as well, I started off with, with some of my friends. We were called the Mud Pack. You can look hmm. them up on YouTube. You'll see us dancing. Um, we went from Mud Pack. 
then there was a group called Rhythm Inc. that my friends were doing also. And I just said, fuck it, I'll join too. I don't got nothing better else to do. I'm in college, I'm working. Let me just, you know, get back into dancing. And then I was dancing with them, you know. And then after that, we wandered off to Modesto, became um, another dance group called School of Art Knox, ran by uh, my homeboy Mario and Van. His name is literally Van, by the way. Um, <laughs> Um, but literally that, that's how it all started. And then like, as I said, I was an actor, I've done musical theater. So I've danced and sang my life away for quite some time. And then I became a professional wrestler, not knowing wow. that like all that helps with everything. I was still trying to figure out my character, but you know, we got, See, I gotta, I gotta bring my daughter to a show when she hears my daughter, she's, she's 12 years old. Uh, and uh, she's done three years now, three or four years, I think, of uh, there's a place in Folsom where I live called the, the Sutter Street Theater. And they've got all these kid child acting classes and she does a play every year. And she's really into musicals, really into musicals. She'd be so excited to hear. I'm like, I know this I know this guy named Alpha Zoe. He was a musical theater guy. Now he's a pro wrestler. She would absolutely love him. I'm going to have to bring <laughs> her to a show so you can meet her. Yeah. Um, so uh so you did the dance group and, and when you're saying like a dance group i mean are you guys like hired to come to like parties and dance or what I mean, was it yeah that 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 could happen um that's mm. happened a couple of times but not with me uh because mm. at this time i was still trying to wrestle while dancing at the same time so mm. there's more of my friend ryan raff and uh i forgot who the third one was um but yeah, it was it was us. It was those two. Oh yeah, I think Mark. And it was Mark. It was those three doing the the dance performances at birthday parties and stuff. Um, but no, we would do like competitions, dance competitions. Oh um, nice. Breakthrough. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, we did World of Dance. Uh, we tried to uh, get on the the show that was on for quite some time. Um, but we only got seventh, so we can even place there. Mm. It's all right though. <laughs> we went all the way to Vegas. <laughs> went all the way to Vegas to get seventh place. Shucks. Yeah. Well, That's hey, you know what? You gave it a shot. That's what matters. What what have you uh so so uh you mentioned musical theater, uh any notable uh parts that you played? Um, I would say the my favorite part that I played in music theater, theater, which was the only one, uh, was West Side Story. I played a jet. I was, oh, nice. Yeah, I was Diesel. And just the fact that, like, me and my friends were all jets made it even better because you can tell we had a relationship. And yeah. It just meshed so well together. It, it was just always funny. Um but besides the musical part, the acting part was even better. It was just like, yeah, you could tell we're just having fun. We're just saying things, you know, you know, like it's normal to us. And then we get to the fight scenes and it was choreographed at one point. And then we had a meeting <laughs> without the director. <laughs> the fighting was not choreographed. I thought we were really throwing hands at that point. It was it was amazing. <laughs> Except for one of them. I, one one of the people that was in the play did not show up or mm. show up at that time. He didn't know it was really throwing hands and he got punched and got a black eye. 
It was yeah, he, he wasn't expecting that punch to be for real. So, <laughs> and then that's when somebody was like, you guys made the fighting look real. No, we, we got a little bruises here and there. We were really hitting each other. So <laughs> nice, nice. So, so now you also mentioned, uh, you know, you, you wrestled in mm-hmm. uh, what was your weight class? When I first started, it was, I was 189. Then midway through the season, I got to 170. Then my junior year, I got to 160. And then the lowest weight I can actually go to was 158 because I was 2% body fat at that point. Wow. That cutting weight like that, though, that's just not healthy. Were Were you feeling depleted most of the time when you were wrestling at 158? No. Really? No. Because I was still like eating like health. I was eating healthy, but I was making sure I had enough protein to like help me go like and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I would I would never have to like sit in a sauna suit that much. Like at the beginning, yeah, and then off season, yeah. But then once I got like down there, I was just like, it's, it's a cakewalk now. Like let me just eat, work out, I'll be fine. Like it it wasn't that hard. Um, the crazy part about that is when I got to like 160 uh, and we came back to season, we had to do the hydration test. So we would have to pee in a cup and then I check if we're hydrated or not. And then they'd tell mm. us what weight we can go. And I drank so much water. I drank water till I was 175. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> that that's the thing. Anything above 170 is basically resting at 180s. So at 150. 60 to 158 hours resting 180 pounders wow. for half the season. And then I went to my regular weight class. Wow, man. So you also mentioned martial arts. Is there one in particular that you kind of focused on? Oh, I was doing boxing, jujitsu, and Muay Thai. Um, nice. Uh, that all started, I believe, sixth or seventh grade. And then it was on and off um, at that point. I still keep in contact with my trainer. Uh, Loves wrestling too, so that's great. Um, But yeah, Muay Thai was like my main focus. At one point, I was going to do a tournament, but I had a booking. Mm. So either I do a tournament or I get a booking. I took the booking. So you took the booking? (laughs) Hopefully it was a good one. It, It was decent. It was still like at that point, like, hey, you know, I'm trying to get my wrestling career up. And he understood. He wasn't mad at me. Yeah. He was not mad at me. Man, do you still do you still do any uh, any training now, or is it all just kind of focused on wrestling right now? It's kind of all focused on wrestling, but I mean, like when I'm at the gym, I do like hit, punch to punch a bag, kick it. You know, I do my I do the drills that I remember. Okay. Um, so there's that. As long as I remember stuff, I'm fine. Like I have a good photographic memory. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So now. Um, you, so you start training at UCW. Did you do all of your training there or did you move around? Sometimes people will end up going to like different training facilities to kind of finish up. What happened with, with you? Um, uh, once I did like two shows at UCW, it shut down. So I was kind of asked out on where to go. And then, um, Maynard, at one show was like, hey, uh, well, no, not a minute. Let me reverse that. A guy named Sean Gunn 
Um, oh, I know Sean Gunn. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was waiting for the the sigh and the, and the <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was waiting for that. He he yeah. kind of took me under his wing along with the other person I was training with and a couple other people and like had us do a bunch of lucha shows and trained us here and there. Um, so there was no real school. And then I wrestled in Chico for the first time. And that's when I was little Big E. I wasn't even Alpha Zoe yet. Like I had my gear. It's just I wasn't Alpha Zoe. I was I didn't have a name at the point. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was going to be. Um, but he gave me the name Alpha Zoe. I didn't come up with it. Sean Gunn did? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah, it's hilarious, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's you know, you know the thing about Sean. I got to tell you, and I'll just—I uh, don't know if you're still friends with him or talk to him, um, but you know, I met him over the years. Seemed like he meant well. The problem I—I—the only problem I had with him when I was running shows, I was running some shows in Gridley, California, and uh, you know, the shows that I was doing was with the fair, and we were doing some charity shows. And then he went in there and tried to do a charity show. But the thing is, is he was telling people that he was a nonprofit, which I had a problem with because the issue becomes when you're a nonprofit, uh, if someone donate, like I would go in and tell them we're not a nonprofit. So, you know, your donations are not tax deductible. This is strictly just promotional stuff for you. I'll give you tickets. I'll put you in the program. But no, there's no tax deduction. The problem is, is when you say you're a nonprofit, People think if they donate to you, they're getting a tax write-off. So the issue becomes if someone claims a write-off and then they get audited, right? It's a problem. So I tried to explain this to him and he and he wouldn't stop. And I and for me, I go, listen, if you want to go into an area where I am, I don't have a problem with the competition. My problem is, is if you go in there and somebody, because Gridley's a real small place. I don't know if you've been in Gridley. It's real small. And uh yeah, it's it's probably 30 minutes north of Yuba. And so so I go, you know, you one person gets audited, the whole town is gone. Like they're not going to want any wrestlers cuz they're not going to remember Sean Gunn from X. They're going to remember the wrestling guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so then we none of us can go in there. You know, and I had that. I've had times where I've when I was promoting, I'd go to a place and they'd be like, "Oh, this one guy came in and he did all these things and Lit, lit something on fire or whatever. And then next thing you know, like none of us can go in there and trade. So that was the problem I had with him. But, you know, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, uh, he gave me, he gave me the name. Um, and from there it was like, you know, little, little Lucha shows, char- um, charity shows. Um as I said, we wrestled in Chico. That's when I was a little biggie. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers a little biggie. If you're from SPW or wherever, <laughs> they, they they remember that night. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I went to hold on. There you... sounds like hold on before you go on. There sounds like there's a story there. So what? Uh, with the little biggie, everybody remembers him from that night. What do you mean by that? Um, because it I. Like we helped set up, we did this, we did that, our you know, pain dues, yada yada yada. Um, and the the guy that you know actually have I, you know, Josh, he when he he's been doing it a little longer than I have. So, you know, he was hoping that he could make a debut, something, you know. So this would would have been both 
both our debuts at this set show, but I was only asked to be on the show. So that that caused a whole stir of problems right there. But mm. as I said, I didn't have a name yet. I was still trying to figure out who I was. Christian Sky had a had a a new day hoodie. And mm. Shanga was like, how about you just be little big E for tonight? And mm. I was like, uh I don't know how to take that because it's just <laughs> like you're you're making me pretend to be you know a whole nother black character like i can't be nobody else but i mean i I had to think on it because i was like it's either i debut or i just sit this one out and it was a tough choice i did it got backlash from one person but it doesn't matter anymore um but that night you know me coming out with christian sky and his tag partner as xavier woods and Kofi was just hilarious because we were just walking around being like basically the three stooges and I'm over <laughs> gyrating my hips like I have nothing better else to do. And everybody that I grew, grew to wrestle with around this time period, like Bison Braddock, um, Joey Smoke, um, Kimberly Diamond, Shoot. All of them, like if if you name wherever they came from, and all the people that they wrestled in that like big circle, they remember Little Biggie. Nice. And it was just a, and it was everyone's favorite. And I was just like, I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> I felt I felt like I let myself down. To be quite honest, but why you know, why do you say that? Because it could have. I could have just been me. You know, mm-hmm. I could have mm-hmm. just been in there and been myself but it was just like not be you know people do when when they want to debut man they people make you know people want it that bad they'll do whatever you know yeah i I was young and dumb so yeah i I don't i don't regret it it's just like it could have been done a little bit differently sure (laughs) so 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 you moved from there then you it sounded like you ended up with with maynard for a while yeah that's where uh I ended up at East Bay, but before I ended up at East Bay, that's uh, when me and Fresh had, I would say, had just met mm. um, prior. So literally, I was leaving training to do my last dance performance because I was going to stop dancing and just concentrate on wrestling. I met Fresh. We were walking. We stopped. We said, what's up? Then we kept walking. And then... <laughs> And then at some point we were on a show in Pittsburgh. It was called WWZ before before Maynard took WWZ from the original owner. Um, well, sold it to him. I don't know how I went down. I'm just here. I was there for the first <laughs> show for WWZ. But uh, me and me and Dre had talked about like you know why not just team up? Because even though I was a heel, because I started off as a heel, people still like cheered me. So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but they said <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm too charming to be a heel. I was like, I guess so. Um, so we did a taco festival in San Jose, and we our debut match was against the Honor Society, and we wasn't too fresh. We wasn't even a world's freshest tag team. We were called the Alpha Freshers because they just mixed our names together, and it was horrible. Um, never again, never, never call us that, never do that again. We take that disrespect. Uh, and then 
after that, I think after we started teaming up, that's when I started going to East Bay because we trained at the same spot, got the practice tag moves. You know, we were always very creative on stuff. Um, but yeah, I was there at East Bay for about what three, four years, I think. Can't remember. Having a hard time remember how long, but I know Anton was my first trainer, and then it was Rick Luxury. Yeah. So that, and then once I reached, once I hit like a plateau, that's when I started just, you know, let me just wrestle and try to come up with things. And that's when, you know, started going out different places to train a little bit. Um, at some point, I ended up, well, before even that, that's when COVID hit. COVID had hit. And I was like, well, damn. We're stuck. Yeah. We're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and no right. one's training. So I gained a lot of weight from that. Mm. Good shit. Good yeah. shit. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, and then I started training at West Coast Pro. No, on and off. I'm, I go there every now and then when I can. Um, I have always, I have Vin, always been busy. So Vin, Vinny Massaro is the trainer over there, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Vinny. Yeah. Good. Vinny, good. So. Good trainer. Yeah, Good he's trainer. great. Funny guy. Love him. <laughs> Love yeah. him. But yeah, so I go over there. I train. I help a little bit when I can. But, you know, those are basically the main places. Yuba City, the little time with Sean Gunn, East Bay, and then West Coast. Those yeah. are my training facilities. So what was it about uh, Dre that made you... I mean, you guys have such great chemistry. I mean, was that apparent fairly quickly? Yes, very fast. No, no hesitation. We, we, we meshed too well together, and mm-hmm. it was just like even when we just hung out normally, it was just like we're always just there to have a good time. It didn't matter what mm-hmm. was going on. Jokes mm-hmm. was jokes being thrown at each other, and then you know we'll say dumb things, and it was just always fun. Right. Like, why not just be a tag team? So nice. did it, and now look at us. What five, six years strong now? Still a tag team. Yeah, um, only wrestled each other like three times out of the six years we've been together. Nice. How'd those go? Oh, the matches always went good when it came to me and him. I mean, mm-hmm. it was there's no problem. We know each other like the back of our hands. So nice. it's just like, what do we do to make the match better? We'll always add like two or three things different, but mm-hmm. you know. The first time was at WWZ. The second time was at this little this little show. I forgot where this show was, but it was in the middle of nowhere. Never do that again. Um, but the match was great. The third time was at my ex's um, benefit show for her mom, and we did a tag match. It was Dre and Aaliyah. Versus me and Tracy Grace. So mm. when me and Dre had our spot, you know, we we you know we just looked at each other like, nah, we ain't gonna wrestle. Then we started just going like nice. hundred miles an hour, and then then we just went from there. And then that was the last time we wrestled each other. We never did it again. Nice man. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> with all this stuff going on, do you do you also? I mean, do you have like a shoot job too that you do, or you? I was at this point I was working security and then yeah I was just working security and then I was working at a pizza place 
around this time period. Um, I mean, security was stressful. I became a supervisor. And then the company just went to shit. So I was like, I got to go. So I left. I quit. Mm. And then the pizza place, uh, the owner, old old white guy, he didn't like <laughs> me. And, uh, only, and like, I could tell he didn't like me because when he came inside the store, he would say hi to everybody else but ignore me. Oh, wow. Like, like I just never existed. And I'm just like, and he's a racist. That That's <laughs> exactly how I know that. He's, he was racist. It didn't matter. It didn't matter how anyone else looked at it. It, it came down to that because he fired me for no for no reason. Oh wow! For no reason. Man. Yeah, always tried to find a, a way to get me in trouble, but mm. they have to, like he didn't do that though. But he didn't Man. do that. You can see at the cameras he didn't do that. Why would he have? A tr- why would he have a problem with this person? We mm. we had a meeting. They said they don't have a problem. They just said they played video games together like a day ago, like literally yesterday. No issues. No issues. <laughs> But he just said, fuck him, fire him. Oh, I, never seen, I never seen another African-American back in that pizza shop ever again. Wow. Last Jeez. One. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Man, you mentioned, you've mentioned a few times about video games. Are you a big video gamer? Oh, yes. Big time. Love video games. It's what helps me not stress out. Um, it keeps me calm. keeps my mind actually going. You know, mm-hmm. I just played the new Mortal Kombat just now, so. Oh, I picked it up. I haven't played it yet. How is it? Oh, it's great. Love it. Yeah. Love every minute of it. Um, I haven't done the story mode yet. I've just been practicing with the character that I wanted to main. Um, because I played the beta. Liu Kane was my main. He's always been my main, but I was like, he's too good. He does too much damage. It doesn't matter who his cameo is. So I'm gonna pick up Raiden. So I picked up Raiden. So nice. There we go. Nice. There you Raiden. go. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward. That's my favorite franchise of all time, and uh, the movies, are, movies are pretty good too. Uh, I like the old '90s, you know, one and two. This last one was pretty awesome. Oh yeah, no, the, the this last Mortal Kombat was great. I love what direction they went with it. There was a lot of backlash on it, but I was like, but why? It's just like everybody when they make a movie like a certain movie about a video game or a franchise it's always going to be different it's never going to be exactly like how the video game is just like the first Mortal Kombat movie it wasn't exactly like how the video game was at all right. you know it, like no one knows the actual backstory of who beat who in the game I do because I'm not much of a nerd um at the end of the day uh Luke Kang actually beats Goro it wasn't Johnny Cage so it was just like, <laughs> where are we going with this? What are y'all mad about? Like a, a legit normal human being just beat a farm like dragon monster. Like, yeah, it, it, it's still the same thing. It doesn't matter. Just enjoy the movie for what it is. They're just trying to give it to us. We don't have a lot of that. I like, took my uh, I took my two boys just recently down to um, uh, down to L.A. for uh, we went to Disneyland and went to a couple Metallica concerts and we went and walked through this thing called Icons of Darkness. It was like this cool museum thing where they had all this donated memorabilia from like horror movies and different stuff. And they had uh, the original prototype of Goro there. Hey. And so that was pretty good? cool. No, no, he had like the whole body, like the whole product of what he was supposed to look like. Uh, and it was is pretty sweet. And then um, and it was actually really cool because as I walked through, I was on one of the tours. And when I come by, Tyler Bateman is running one of the is running 
one of the, the, the things, one of the tours. And I stopped at the guy who was the one who did our tour. I was like, that's Tyler Bateman, right? You know, the guy, you know, Tyler Bateman, an indie wrestler from Yeah, Seattle. I just talked so, to him like this past weekend. Yeah, so I was like, that's Tyler Bateman, right? And he goes, yeah. And I told him I was hooked up with Indy, and he ended up telling me he was a indie photographer and all that and had worked with AEW and all this stuff and got his information. And so it's just cool how, like, wrestling, he's like, we just we just work here because we just love this stuff, you know, and we just think this stuff is cool. And so yeah. uh, it's so funny how the same type of people who are into wrestling tend to always also like some of the same stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we're, um, we're all... Yeah, video games, yeah, all that. Like it, it doesn't matter. We're just nerds. People, <laughs> we people, are. People look at us and be like, "Wow, you could probably beat me up." In reality, we're just like, "I'll rather beat up the person on this video game right now." Yeah, than, you know, <laughs> yeah. bag me or something like that. It, it literally comes down to that. We're just nerds. We're just Wait. regular human beings. Be you know, behind closed doors, we just don't like showing it from time to time. You know, right. Well, and that's yeah. the thing, right? As even like actors, right? You realize those actors are just a bunch of people who are in their high school drama clubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're just nerds too. They just happen to, you know, make it in, the, in Hollywood. So yeah, they, just, they just got good at it. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So, so who, as far as wrestling goes, um, who who would you say as you were growing up watching wrestling? Who were your your main favorites? Um, because when I first started watching wrestling, I was always watching WWE, WWF, WWE, WCW. Um, I would have to say, surprisingly, The Rock. Mm. Uh, he he was always my favorite. Um, Stone Cold. Um, I was always a Hardy Boys fan, and who else? Um. Not hurry, not the hurricane, but Shane Helms. When he was the Shane Helms character, yeah. I, I I fucked with it like heavy. Yeah, like like I, minus the do rag. Got rid of the do rag. We we're fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like on, on on that like level, it was like those guys. But like once I found out about independence, it was like Roderick Strong, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, Ryan Danielson. Um, um Shibata, um Kasawa, you know, just are you are you heavy into like Japan wrestling Japanese wrestling? I mean as I came up, yes. As I was coming up in Impendence, yes. I was watching a lot of New Japan and All Japan and Noah. Um and that's that's kind of where I was first trying to like go into when I was coming up, but the problem was everybody was a high flyer now at this point. Everybody saw the Ricochet and Will Ospreay match. It was like, hey, I'm doing flips. And I was like, you know, I can do flips. So I started just being a high flyer. And then I was like, this is not safe. I might break my neck. So let me stay stagnant into the ground and right. i was just like i'm gonna just throw people around like kurt angle and just see where i go from here and now i'm here yes yeah. a lot of what people call a strong style i'm just like i just say i hit people very hard so yeah there you, you know, go until i get the the sign of approval that i am like doing strong style stuff i'm just like i'm just hitting people hard i'm throwing them that's yeah. it that's all I'm doing. I don't need to do nothing else. I'm uberly aggressive. 
Yeah. That's all I can do. That's what sets me aside from everybody else. Nice. So you mentioned, um, we talked a little bit off air about some struggles you have with mental health. And it sounds like, am I correct in assuming that this kind of all coincided with COVID and, and kind of being locked down and gaining some weight? Yeah, there's more to that. But uh, yeah, it started off, honestly, it just, it, COVID stopped the push I had in 2019, 2018, 2019. Um, when you, wait, I, sorry, sorry, let me stop you right there. When you say the push, you mean someone pushing you or your own drive? My, my drive. Ah. Because, because at this point, I had just did the Young Lions Cup. Hmm. Uh, I just debuted at West Coast Pro. Uh, me and Dre did backstage stuff and they wanted us back for a pay-per-view. Pretty mm. sure we had a tryout. And then COVID came and just stopped it completely. Mm. And they didn't want nobody else coming inside the buildings or doing this, doing that. And like there were so many things lined up that like it it really put a damper on me, but it was just like, okay. I think I'll be okay. You know, I got video games. I got my friends. I mean, just live a regular life, you know, just be a regular human being until this all dies out. Uh, had my girlfriend at the time. And then, like, at some point, um, some point, I don't, I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah, this is what happened. When me and my girlfriend broke up, once mm-hmm. me and her broke up, um, because I was like staying with her at this time too, and I had to start working at Amazon. Uh, you know, I was there for her for a lot of situations. I'm not gonna put out her any more of her stuff that, that was there, but as I said, we did a benefit show for her for, mm-hmm. for her mom. So, you know, now let's mm-hmm. bypass and pretend that, that that you know everything now. Uh <laughs> um, you know. I, w- I was in my head, I was thinking, like, yeah, this is the, the girl I'm going to marry, this and that. Nah, she left me the day before Valentine's Day. Uh, I was very hurt. I felt lost. I literally put my all in this one person just to, just to get, you know, left. And for no reason exactly, there was like, you know, when usually when people break up, there's like reason A, reason B, reason C. Mm-hmm. There was no explanation whatsoever. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one knew why. Like at mm-hmm. all. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, that was out of nowhere. Now here, here I am, coming back to Stockton, and you know, I'm just drinking heavily at this point. It was all, all because of. Uh, it started off with the relationship going downhill, and then once COVID came, like started dissipating and disappearing it was just like all right now i'm just gonna wrestle and then like i was still drinking heavily like i was i would i would be walking into the venue drinking walking out the venue drinking mm-hmm. i had i i knew i had a drinking problem at some point and then after that it was just like damn i'm doing all these shows but not getting any better or I'm just not really thinking straight. So 
you know, it, it kind of got more depressing because I felt like I was hindering myself with, mm. with drinking. So I got more depressed. And then I made a conscious decision to be like, hey, I'm just going to stop drinking as a whole. So, you know, I'm coming up. What What is it? It's September, right? Yeah, September 23. March, April, June, July, August, September. I'm a year and nine months sober right now. Wow. So I'm, com- I'm coming up on my on my second year pretty quick. Um, but when I made that decision to to not drink no more and concentrate on wrestling, like I I've been very focused on wrestling for the past like two years. And it shows. It it really shows with um of all the stuff that I've been doing. Um, especially with West Coast. Um, Scott has put a lot of faith in me. Um, and making sure like I get the matches that I deserve, but even though these are matches I deserve, these are a test. Can I stand toe to toe with these top name guys? And if I can't, you know, maybe I need to reevaluate myself. And every time I've had a match with a top guy or someone super known, each match has been different, but was always actually good. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I don't do a whole lot of the flippy dippy stuff. I am mm-hmm. very straightforward with my wrestling. Right. I'm going to talk shit to you. I'm going to beat you up. You better come at me harder because if you don't, I'm just going to be on you like white on rice. But, you know, it's just a style that not a lot of people are very like, like, how it's that people are just foreign to still at this point because there's yeah. a lot of guys out there that, that try to put on that persona and it just doesn't. It just doesn't suit them. Mm. But but even like Levi, Levi Shapiro, whenever he sees my entrance when I make my way like to the West Coast ring, he says he gets goosebumps. Mm. I'm like, all right, good. Then I'm doing my job. Because when I walk out there, I want to make sure everybody knows I mean business right now. So don't talk to me. (laughs) Don't talk. I'm going out there to work. We're working right now. This guy got to fight me. It's either I'm gonna win or he's gonna win. But I'm gonna make sure this fight is gonna be like, damn, he fought his he fought his ass off. All right, hey, give him a standing ovation, even win or lose. We 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 all getting getting the clap. That's yeah. it. Unless there's a story behind it, then I I really just hate you. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's besides the point. But yeah, the depression can't started with the girlfriend leaving me, and then me feeling like I was I was limiting myself with wrestling and then figuring out how do I get myself out of this funk. Mm-hmm. It was alcohol. Get rid of the alcohol. Yeah. Do you feel now uh, that you have successfully completely gotten out of that uh, that funk? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um I'm not I'm not upset about anything right now. It's just got to keep on working, keep getting better and just keep pushing forward because at the end of the day um you know i'm about to be 30 um i wanna my goal is to basically wrestle everywhere in my 30s and then hopefully get signed by the time i'm like 35 nice so you know you know uh it's interesting that you that you bring up the the relationship how long did you have the relationship for Almost like two years. We were oh, wow. we talked we talked for a year, 
got together for a year and we were we were together for a year so about two about almost three wow yeah it's tough man it's tough when uh you had like you said you put your all into somebody and then they bail and you're kind of left holding the bag and wondering why you know uh and, and that's what that's what it was just why yeah I never, and, I never got an answer yeah you never got that closure you needed and you know and the thing is it's funny though is even if you got that closure i don't know if that would even make it any better you know i mean uh because it just blindsides you right you think things are going well and the next thing you know boom you know they're not yeah and exactly what happened do do you um and I, mean, I don't know if you if you even know this, but do you feel like before that you had any sort of issues with, you know, relationships, abandonment, anything like that that maybe got triggered when she just bailed? Or do you think it was just specific no. to this one relationship? It was specific to this one relationship because it was like, like I could see, I saw signs, but I was blinded because um, mm. arguments would come out of nowhere for no reason. Like, mm. like, like on a fucking shoot, on a shoot, this is some real shit right now. I was driving home from one of our friends' house. Um, they lived in Fairfield, and we had to drive back to Berkeley. So I was driving back. She was asleep. I opened up the gate, put the car inside the gate, closed the gate, parked the car. I turned off the light first, then turned off the car. That's what started an argument. Was me turning off the light first. Seriously? Wow. Bro. I I I shit you not. When that happened, I started questioning life because I was like, why are we arguing? Why like why are you trying to argue with me about this? Like I literally just turned off everything regardless of what just happened. It's, nothing's happening to your car. <laughs> I was so right. confused. So I was like. Nothing's yeah. happened to your car. Your your car is fine. And she just started yelling at me. I was like, "What the fuck is going?" On? You were just sleep. On house. Those are and those are the worst, right? Because you look back at that now, and you're like, "Why didn't I see the signs?" When obviously there's something going on there, other than you just turned the light off first. You know what I yeah. mean? And and hindsight is twenty twenty. You look back and you're like, "How could I have not caught that back then?" But you know, you you didn't have any reason to think that 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 was anything wrong other than that right i mean yeah. other something silly like that so so now um are you i have found and you tell me if you agree with this but i have found that when i have a really rough time a really hard i'd call it a trial or a difficulty whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. that i look back after the fact I don't know if I'd say I'm grateful that it happened, but I understand why it happened and feel like I'm in a better place because it happened. Now that you're kind of out of that, can you look back and go, man, that had to happen to get me to where I am now? Yeah, it, it really did. It uh, opened up my eyes, made me realize, like, because, like, obviously during COVID, I was drinking heavily. Like, I was drinking, like, every day during mm-hmm. COVID because there's nothing better else to do. So that that one thing happening made me start drinking more and then me realizing me drinking was hindering me from being a top performer made me just completely get rid of alcohol and just becoming a whole new person like yeah i just need to leave who i was in the past in the past 
and you know got cleaned up uh got my hair done uh lost a lot of weight I, that that was my other goal was just lose weight and i lost a, a, a ton of it so mm. i mean I'm, I'm just grateful for my health right now you know so can't yeah. be any happier right now well and you are i mean that's the thing was that you you realized that sobriety was necessary to get to the next level and now you're there you're at the next level you know yeah. you're so let's talk about where you're at you you're now uh, on the precipice of leaving uh, to start uh, training and wrestling in Japan. Yes. Tell us how that came about. Um. Honestly, it was something that was, you know, a tryout that came up for West Coast Pro. Um, you know, there were at this point, I was like, my goal before the end of this year was to wrestle in Japan. Now, like me and my best friend, Raf, one of the dancers that I danced with, been my best friend since fifth grade. Uh, me and him, I just had a conversation about like me ended up in Japan. He was like, I can see you there. You fit well there because I showed him Japanese wrestling, regular wrestling. So he, he kind of gets the difference. And, you know, I was just like, you know, there's a tryout. Why not do it? You know, like there was a shit ton of people there. Uh, they obviously could have chosen anybody that they wanted, but you know, did the five minute match, and from there it was just like you're going to Japan, and I started crying, and then I was shocked, and I didn't know how how to react, and I was just shook. I was like frozen for like a good thirty minutes. Wow, <laughs> good thirty yeah. minutes. Cause I'm like, yeah. it's my first time being out the country. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be different. Um, I'm excited. It's just, you know, leaving my family behind for, you know, a month or three is gonna, you know, gonna make me homesick real quick. And my dog, I'm gonna miss my dog. Mm. <laughs> uh, she, she's my best friend. Uh, everyone has an emotional support animal. I'm her emotional support human. So, you know, whenever I'm home, she's always excited. But when I leave to go do shows and be gone for like a whole weekend, she's she's just sad. My grandma tells me, like, my dog is sad because I'm not home. She's sitting in front of my door waiting for me to to pop up and walk up to my door so she can just jump and be happy. So, yeah, just that's, it's, it's just I'm excited. You know, yeah, well, you, sh well, you should be. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this and you're not a wrestling fan, I don't think you understand how big of a deal that is. Now, uh, real quick, going back, just to clear up. So, what was it that got you? You know, you, you're you were really having uh, a lot of success with Rose Fresh's tag team. Mm -hmm. What what was the catalyst for getting you to to kind of still do the tag team, but kind of split and do your own thing? Crazy enough, um, it all it all started. I'm not gonna lie to you. It all started at ACW, mm. and there was like the this is when East Bay was doing um, this little draft thing because there's three different promotions. 
in this one building. It was such a headache. Um, so Fresh got drafted to East Bay. I got drafted to ACW. Mm-hmm. So by proxy, the World Fresh Tag Team was broken up in the PSG building. Mm-hmm. So I started wrestling singles there. Mm-hmm. And then West Coast made me wrestle singles over there. But, you know, outside of those two promotions, me and Fresh were still doing tag team. But, you know, I was well, Hold sure. on. Can I stop you right there and let me ask you, whose call was that? Was that Derevko? Was that Maynard? Did you kind of, did one of you guys say, hey, I'd like to kind of do a singles deal? Or it, it was more of, you know, Maynard wanting Fresh to be a singles wrestler and Derevko wanted me to be a singles wrestler. So that's where that's where that came about. And then after COVID was done, I was still wrestling for ACW. Uh, Fresh hadn't wrestled for East Bay until like a couple months later. And then Fresh came back to ACW and we just decided to not be a tag team. You know, there, you know, just finish up what we're going to do there. And then I became their heavyweight champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure the end goal for Fresh being at East Bay was for him to be their heavyweight champion. But, you know, that's still a, that's a lot to really do. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all due respect to, to East Bay. But, you know, sometimes they just run their champion dragon from time to time. Mm-hmm. But. It is what it is. Um, you know, it is everybody runs their promotions differently. You know, like mm-hmm. there was a time where I didn't I didn't I wasn't able to make it to ACW because I was working West Coast. Refco wasn't tripping about that. Right. But like as from what me and Fresh know, when me and Fresh were the tag champs for, for East Bay, even if we were booked somewhere, we had to be there. And it was just like, we don't have to be there, but you're kind of forcing us to be there at this point just because right. we're holding your straps. Like, we're literally like two or three hours away wrestling somewhere else, and mm-hmm. you're expecting us to still make it. It's mm, tough. That's tough, brother. <laughs> the way I've always looked at that is I've always looked at it as, and I've kind of graduated over time because I remember when I was promoting shows, I would get really frustrated when my top guys would would kind of go elsewhere. Um, and uh, I regret kind of, there's a couple of them that I, I won't talk about here, but there's a couple of them where I really regret that I, that I like, that uh, I, I handled a couple of guys the way I did because it was that thing. I was like, hey, you're one of my top guys and you're going to go do this other match instead of, you know, my show, which, you know, I don't, it's not like I'm booking every week, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and then I didn't use them again for a really long time. And I feel kind of bad about that, but I can understand that part, but I also understand you guys are independent wrestlers. You know what I mean? Like you guys are your own people and you're, this whole thing is about getting opportunities. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about this level. None of us are all elite wrestling. None of us are WWE you know, we're, we don't have a TV deal. We're not exclusive. You haven't signed a contract with anybody. So, so yeah, like, you know, if you got an opportunity to go do a show somewhere where you're going to bring your stuff and, and attract more viewers, attract more people, 
to who you are, all, all, all power to you, you yeah. know? And so, I mean, in the, you know, I don't know, like sometimes I feel like I remember when I was, when I was a promoter and sometimes there were some of these guys that I'd be like, you do realize that you're not Hulk Hogan, right? You know what I mean? Like we're, we're all just local indie guys, you know, trying to make it and trying to up ourselves. It's just, it's really interesting. The egos in, in Northern California wrestling, you know? Yeah. That, that, that was always the, the big issue is like, Every, every not not everybody, but certain promoters would just be like, "Oh, you know, I'm running this many shows a week, or I'm doing this, I'm doing that." Okay, that's good, but are you really putting your talent out there like that? Like, are you trying to help them get to the next level, or are you just trying to get your money's worth so you get your money and you're only going to pay them like twenty bucks, right? Like right. that, it's it's not a it's not a real fair fair trade there. Like pay your wrestlers what they're worth, and try to get them to the next level. But some people are just like, I'm gonna just you know give you this. Thanks for selling selling the place out. I appreciate you. Here's a hot dog and a handshake. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Never appreciate understood you. that. You know the way I I learned from a guy who was a cut it uh, a, a horse cutter. Um, he said something that I used and I applied when I was running wrestling shows. I had a baseline of what I would pay wrestlers and uh, on their first show. And I would tell them, here's what I pay anybody. As soon as you show me something that I can't get from anyone else, I will pay you more. Right. And yeah. as soon as you show me that people will come because you are on the card, uh, I will pay you more. And I always tell everybody too, I'm like, hey, when the houses are bigger, I'll pay you more than what I told you. And when the houses are smaller, I'm gonna pay you what I told you and nothing less or nothing more, you know? And and so some guys had a problem with that because they would get used to, like I had a few really good houses and so I paid a little bit more. And then I had a house that was light. We still made a little bit of money, but not a lot. And so, you know, I paid them the base what I told them I'd pay them, and then they're like, "Oh, this was a little light this time." And I'm like, "Well, yeah, this is what we this is what we agreed on." You know what I mean? You you're, you're not always going to get extras, you know. So it was always you know promoting. I I feel like anybody. I, I hope I wish that there was some way that everybody who's an independent wrestler had an opportunity to actually promote a show, so that they could see like how hard sometimes these guys work like. I gotta hand it to Jarevko. He has been, he's he's put a lot into ACW. I mean, the amount of time and, and effort he puts in is really quite surprising. Like uh, Jake from TWF, that guy has been doing it for twenty years. Did you, have you ever worked the TWF show? No. Oh really? Have you ever had an opportunity, or are you just no? Oh, okay. No, no, okay. never been asked. So oh, okay, because yeah. that guy, that's another guy who I'm really. I'm really impressed with because he was a backyard guy and everybody made fun of him for years and he's turned it into something that's legitimate. You yeah. Know? And you've worked next level, right? You've done, you've done mm -hmm. that. How do you like yep. working over there? Oh, um, it was fun. I mean, you know, me and fresh were the tag champs. And then once they found out that, you know, you know, that I was going to Japan, you know, just had to, had to go. Right. You know, they they right. wasn't they wasn't sure how long, you know, when I was leaving or how long I was leaving. So at the end of the day, you know, 
next level was fun. Got to help out a lot of a lot of new up and comers. Um, give them some advice. Make sure that they know what they're doing, how to structure a match. But you know, um, Fresh should still be wrestling there by the time I'm in Japan. So if not, I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Like shout out to Justin. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me, do you have anybody who is kind of like your, your either favorite opponents or favorite people in in uh, in the area and in indie wrestling? Oh, in this area or just in general? Well, both. Yeah. Uh, my favorite opponent in general. That's hard. I have a couple. Daniel Garcia has always been one. Mm. Um, wrestled him twice. Lee Moriarty definitely just wrestled him this past weekend. Um, one called Manders, definitely, definitely mm. one of my favorite matches that I've had. Um, but like here in NorCal, um. As a tag team, um, money, power, respect. Uh, we, we've always been able to put on good matches together. Um, me, Fresh, Marco, and Fab. Um, as a singles competitor, um, it's either Choopy or somebody else can't remember the name at the moment and I feel bad. Jupy and can't remember the name. Oh, not I was thinking of somebody else. Serza. There we go. I almost mm -hmm. called him by a shoot name. That's why I almost called him by his real name. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, 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 no. Serza. Serza. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So those are good ones. Jupy has been, he's one of those He's one of those guys that you can he's he will be forever booked on every show I ever run. Because he just it doesn't matter where you put him on the card, it doesn't matter who you put him with. Guaranteed good match that the whole crowd's gonna love. Yeah. He's Most that definitely. good. He is that good. And everybody remembers him. I used to always, after every show, I'd always have a bunch of people who would come who were not, they weren't like your traditional indie people you know yeah. they would come they would just come to the shows that i would run and i'd always ask him afterwards i go so tell me who the guy is like who, who are the ones that, that you always remember and choopy was one that they always remember so Most definitely he's so Choupy's he's a great person he Love is him. he's he's a good guy he's one of those guys that nobody has a bad thing to say about him you know just exactly everything's great so um <laughs> now so tell me, uh, what is the ultimate? Well, who who are your um, who do you think you most pattern your style after? Are there wrestlers out there that you kind of use as uh, as your you know your kind of mentors or something to to kind of get you in a certain space? Um, the people that I, I kind of pattern my style with right now, um, well, as a tag team. For the world's wrestling tag team, that's legit. Just I think that's just us as a whole, you know, that mm -hmm. we have our own little style. Uh, 
a lot of people like to call us street prophets. Um, <laughs> but actually, me and Fresh have been tagging longer than the street prophets. But you know, that's neither here or there. Um, but as a singles competitor, um, Samoa Joe, Roderick Strong, and Chris Hero. And Chris mm-hmm. Hero has been a big help at West Coast as of late because he's been he's been at every show now. He's, he's the matchmaker. So, you know, mm-hmm. he sits down, he talks to me about what, you know, what to do, what I should do. That's how the story should be. He'll call or text me and say, hey, um, this is what's going on. This is what I need you to do. You know, I ask him how my match went. He'll give me all my critiques and not from there. I just. I just try to do better for the next one, yeah. you know? So, so nice. uh, yeah, Roderick Strong, Samoa Joe, Chris Hero, a little bit of Shibata here and there, but, you know, no one can be like Shibata. He, he's, his <laughs> own entity. he's his own entity. He's a yeah. Yeah, scary individual. Metal. He's actually nice, but still scary. He'll stare at you and you think he's going to kill you. But in reality, <laughs> he's just trying to figure out what's going on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, going back to uh, something that's non-wrestling, video games, you mentioned Mortal Kombat. Do you have some other games that you liked or maybe a system that is like your your go-to? Um, my go-to system is, a, is PlayStation. I've always had okay. a PlayStation. Right okay. now I have a PlayStation 5. Um, besides playing Mortal Kombat, I mostly play a lot of fighting games. So I have, obviously I have Street Fighter Six. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm almost master rank on there. That's how much time I've put in that game. Um, <laughs> but that's only like only because if I'm not doing shows, you know, I'm just out here playing. Um, Apex Legends. Oh um, man, uh, my son, my my little 10-year-old son Lincoln, that is his thing. He wants to be a professional gamer, and he's he's had me sit down and watch those Apex Legends like tournaments on YouTube. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like he's sitting there and he's like, This is my favorite gamer, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I don't understand what we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he loves yeah. that stuff. He, yeah, he always he always comes up to me every time he gets birthday money, and he's like, "I want to go buy uh, what do they call them? Apex coins or something yeah, like that." Apex, Apex coins. Yeah, so he's like always like, "Can I buy some Apex Apex coins? I want a new skin." And I'm like, "How much money have we spent on this Apex game? I thought this game was free." <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. is free, but the money comes from the, the you know the what's it called the. The season, the season pass. Yeah. So that's what you're really paying for is a season pass if you do it. I never paid for a season pass for Apex. I just played just to play. So nice. I'm just out here. I'm like getting up there in the in the season pass that I don't have, and it's just like I I'm not collecting none of the like premium stuff. I'm just getting all the regular prizes. Right. I'm just like I don't. It's, it's free. Why 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 am I going to pay for it? I'm just nice. going to play and enjoy myself. right man that's it oh that's a that's yeah yeah he's all into that it's that's a big one for him that and this game called demon slayer and i remember when he told me yeah he was like in a deer yeah yeah. and he's been big into these pokemon games you know we get the pokemon ones and he's he's all into those and he's done we did uh on the youtube channel he really wanted to do a short of him uh, unveiling, you know, doing a, what do you call it? When you, when you open up your tin or whatever, you open up a pack. Oh, oh, the box, a box opening. Yeah. So he did a box opening and showed all his cool cards that he got and stuff like that. So he was pretty stoked about that. So he's into all that stuff. That's good stuff. I'm, I'm a, I, I remember N64. That was like my, 
That was my go-to. You do? Yeah, so I have mine. What are you, what games do you remember from that that you used to play? Obviously, No Mercy. Uh, oh, yeah. Mania 2000, Killer Instinct Gold, Mortal Kombat oh. Trilogy, 007 oh. GoldenEye, Mario Kart, Mario 64, um, Rave Racers. I had a plethora of video games for their, for, for that. Oh, season. yeah. Man, brothers. Me, yeah. Oh, me and my friends, they were legit like almost fights people didn't talk to each other for days over wrestlemania 2000 or wcw nwo revenge like we we would have tag team matches and people would like double cross each other and do all this stuff i mean they were like i remember guys not giving other guys rides home from my house because they were so mad over that game and then of course everybody played goldeneye and super smash brothers was another one we would go to church functions and come back and play till two in the morning just yeah. playing Smash Brothers, man. That's awesome. So. See, to, to, to go back to the friends and I get ride home, I, I feel like if you play Mario Party, that's how everybody would go. Because Mario Party, will, you'll legit lose a friendship over that game. So, <laughs> yeah. so just yep. friendship over the wrestling game is, uh, is ridiculous. Yeah, of course <laughs> they're going to betray you. You're wrestling. You're, you're, you're absolutely going to get hit from time to time when they bring out a weapon. You already know they're going to put on no DQ for the match. So <laughs> guess what? Someone's getting hit with a weapon. It, it, nothing you can do about it. But Mario Kart, Mario Party, it's just like, I got to make a decision. Either steal this many coins from this person or steal a star from this person. Well, looks like I'm still in the star because I'm trying to get first place. And then there you go. That, that's the start of it. And everybody's stealing from each other. People are pushing each other off of the the you know the the arena just to get the dub, even though everybody can win. But hey, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> Man. So so now um so what do you hope you know what do you hope comes from this uh this, this Japan trip? Do you hope to come back a better wrestler? Do you hope to stay out there? Do you hope that you know you get hooked in with New Japan? Like what is your goal here? My goal for this Japan trip, besides enjoying the culture itself, is to basically showcase who I am and see if I can eventually come back more often than usual. You mm. know, like, like, yeah, I would like to be on New Japan. I like to be on All Japan. I like to be on NOAA. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this, doing Marvelous is the first step. So it's just seeing, you know, seeing and training with them, like how what do I have to do to to level up to make sure that I stay more consistent in Japan so then I can do, oh, I got American bookings and I got Japanese bookings as well. You know, I'm just just trying to, you know, up update my palette for bookings yeah. right now. So Yeah. You, know, you ever thought about going down to Mexico? I've actually been asked, and uh, at the time I didn't have a passport. Ah, so next time, next time you'll have one, you'll be ready to go. Mm-hmm. So now that I have my passport, I can go anywhere I want. Nice. Now nice. That's it. I've been asked multiple times to go to Mexico. I'm like, I don't have a passport. I always yeah. forget to get one, and then, uh, then when I heard the Japan trip, when I when I won, I was just like, I got to go get my passport now. So yeah, did that quick. I did that quickness. Nice. Well, yeah. listen, listen, I ask everybody a few um, a few questions 
And uh, I want to ask you these questions as well. Um, so the first one is, is what do you think uh, is your biggest success in life? Like in general or like that I want? Uh, in general, like so far, what do you, would you say has been your biggest success in life? Well, my biggest success so far is basically becoming one of the top stars on West Coast Pro. Um, I don't know if you saw online, but I, somehow I made it to the PW Insider, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I made, I got a number. Yeah. I yeah. I, yeah. I woke up to it. I was like, oh, I made it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know how to, I didn't, I still don't know how to react. What's, what's the number? 480, I believe. Let me, let me check. Yeah, I think, I think, I, think gotta, I believe it's 480. Um, yes, it is 480. Nice, yeah, out there. I was like, I made it. I was honestly, I was just trying to make sure I just had good matches and I was making everybody happy. I, I guess what I'm doing is the correct way of wrestling. So no, I'm just here, man. That's awesome. I'm just here. <laughs> what, what is it? What does it mean to you to be considered a a top guy? at some place like West Coast? It's a it's a blessing because I literally started from the legit bottom. Uh, I started off as just this newcomer, and then I was put in a, in a three-man group. And then once that died, and they were like, hey, you're wrestling Leo Rush. Have fun. Good luck. From there, it was just like I started – doing better and better and better and then like i saw i just saw the results every show like people are now realizing that i have a lot more to offer than just i'm here to wrestle like they're starting to they're starting to comprehend what who and what i really am so mm -hmm. i i'm grateful for that and like and, and what Scott, do you what would you say when you say they're starting to see who i really am what do you what do you think that means the the character mm -hmm. I, they're starting to understand my character they're starting to understand why i do and what i do because i started off as just i didn't know what i was and now i'm just like this brawling brute brutal guy that you know people are like you should probably not strike with him but you're going to anyway so good luck and mm -hmm from west coast i literally got i got my own um nickname from there like mm. people pe people are start are going with it slowly developing more but it's just like the demon of the coast like that that that's starting to hold a little bit more weight than usual so mm. you know it was given to me i was like i'm hey man i'm with it yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with it but deep down the side i'm a nice guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, the cool thing is, is that I that's what I do love about the split kind of the, between the world's freshest tag team Alpha So and the Demon of the Coast Alpha So is that everybody has kind of the light fun side and a little bit of the dark side. Everybody's got that. And uh, nobody is one thing. So it's yeah. kind of cool that you have two different avenues to express different parts of your personality in this crazy circus world of pro wrestling it's it's pretty awesome it's not it's not uh 
it's not common for somebody to have two seemingly different acts that are both wildly successful and wanted. You want to know what's even funnier? I have a third. What's the third? I'm part of the squad at his lab. So, oh, okay. I'm, I'm literally just a chicken shit like heel that flips people off. And nice. like, I'm just who, like, who are you with on the squad? Who's with you? Pop Harry and Kenny K. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm trying to figure out like what is the character for, for the squad. I'm like the, I'm almost a comedic act for for that group. Like, nice. Like I I make unnecessary noises. I do the screaming. I overly sell like Shawn Michaels going against Hulk Hogan. It's, <laughs> yeah, like I'm just a comedic relief for the group. But like I will still put on good matches because I'll still do the same thing that I do in singles matches. Wrestler for West Coast Pro is just you know a good combination of everything and like bring it. I bring both sides together to make the squad character basically. Nice, that's yeah. awesome. Besides that's awesome. being very brutish, I don't really be brutish. I'm kind of just annoying and a dick. So, <laughs> <laughs> so next question: um, What is do you consider to be your biggest failure in life, and what did you uh, what did you learn from it? my biggest failure in life that's tough um my biggest failure in life that's a tough one i died that's the thing i don't even think i've had that moment yet mm -hmm. um surprisingly i would think my biggest failure in life was the, was just the whole start drinking part Mm. That probably mm. be it. Like me just becoming an alcoholic gradually, day by day. Mm. You know, that was mm. the failure right there, and I have to find a way to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, so, did you have to do any sort of, um, you know, like, you know, some people do AA or twelve step programs, or you just do cold turkey, just stopped? I just cold turkey, just stopped, and every time I would have a fixation to drink. I would go to the gym. So I would go to the gym in the morning and then I would go to the gym in the, in the evening and or afternoon. And mm -hmm. if I felt like I wanted a drink, I'll go work out again. Wow. That's a lot of working out. No wonder you lost all that weight. You get it. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. I built, I lost a lot of weight, but gained too much muscle. So there we go. <laughs> that, that's well, that's where it all went off to. So like nowadays it's just like, by like, Oh, if I want to drink, I'm just like, I turn, I want to drink into, I want to go work out. That's legit. All I turned it into. Like, mm -hmm. it's just my, my mental is now I got to go work out. Not, do you, I gotta do, you do you uh, find yourself having just in general an ad addictive personality? Cause like, cause like, let me, let me what I mean, but like you, it seems as though you, you've replaced the alcohol habit with a much healthier habit and going to the gym and got yourself yeah. out of it that way by making that your habit. And you also really hyper zoned in on wrestling and now you're excelling in wrestling. Like I have that ability too, right? Is if I really hyper focus on something, I can yeah. be successful on those things. But I, I sometimes wonder, cause my, my family, I have a, a lot of addicts in my family. I mean, a lot of them. 
And so I know the gene is there. I mean, if I go to Chipotle three days in a row, I'm hooked for two, three weeks. You know what I mean? And so it's just a, it's just a creature of habit. I mean, Chipotle is amazing, by the way. So of course, you know, but still like, that's what, you know, that's how I am. Do you think that you, you have that too, or do you think it was just situational? Mm, I think it's all situational for me because like, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm addicted to a lot of stuff. I, I would say like the most I've been addicted to was probably Oreo cookies. I love Oreo cookies. Like, Who doesn't? Double stuff, right? You got to have double stuff. Both. Both. It doesn't oh. matter. If I got, if there's Oreo cookies in my site, they're getting eaten. But that's the thing. I haven't had, like, there's Oreos in my in my kitchen now. Like, I haven't had Oreos in, like, months. Mm. Like, months. Yeah. I have, like, I had, I had, like, a regular, like, cookie on Sunday when I was, when I was in LA, um, mm. that was homemade, but it wasn't Oreos. Like I had a couple of those because I was just like, "There's no food around. I need to, I need to eat something." So, yeah. Man, you know, I, I had a few tacos there, but it was just like after the show, I didn't want to go out and like buy something. I was like, "There's already food. There's already something here. I'm just going to eat this." Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you what, those Oreos, man, I got to watch out for those because I can eat a whole sleeve of those things, no problem. Oh yeah, same, same. I've yeah. done that. I've done that about a many of times in the past. <laughs> yeah, you, do you ever try the like? The, you know how they have the uh, the special like they do all those special editions Oreos. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever had very many of those that I liked. I mean, like the lemon ones were all right, and then there was the um, they did like this one Snickerdoodle one that was pretty good. Birthday cake. That. You never, never tried it. Never tried either one of those. Then they have a red velvet one. They did have a red velvet. I, I tried that one. I remember yeah. that. It was yeah, all right. Man. Yeah. And then, you know, right. they have they have the golden ones. Those are pretty good. And yeah. But uh you ever try to make you ever do the mega stuff? Oh, when I was bored, yes. But God, it's the too problem much. with that is, yeah, it's just too much. Like I I don't really have a sweet tooth, so like I don't even eat chocolate like that anymore. I don't eat candy mm. like at all. Like mm. the most sweet thing that I eat is probably like a Nutrigrain bar. Mm. Like that that's it. A Nutrigrain bar or a granola bar. That's it. Um, but I eat, I like to eat. It's just like nothing sweet because then I'm just like, this is too much for me. And then I won't yeah. have a whole day. God, I wish, you know, I that's that's my Achilles heel, man. It's just sweets. I just I love I've got a bad sweet tooth. I got a bad one. I eat that stuff all the time, man. Oreos, donuts, like just see uh, donuts. Yes, I'll eat donuts. I eat donuts. I love donuts. <laughs> do you like okay? But here's a question: Do you like donuts or do you like Krispy Kreme? Donuts. Okay, yeah, because I see this was weird. I I like them both. I love Krispy Kremes, but the difference is, it's like I think Krispy Kreme is like the Papa John's of of, of donuts, where like you could eat a thousand of them and never feel full. <laughs> You know, you yeah. eat a couple, you get a couple donuts from one of those like real donut shops. You know, you eat two of them and you're like, okay, that's a lot. I'm done. You know, yeah. uh, but you eat those, you could eat 12 of those. I could eat 12 of those glazed Krispy Kremes and not feel a thing. <laughs> See, and that, and that's the thing. Like, I don't eat regular, like I eat old fashioned donuts. Glazed. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't really eat regular donuts like that. I, I eat like a blueberry donut. But it's like my favorite is glazed old fashioned or the 
uh, brown sugar, old fashioned. You know, yeah. Like, I, like ma- I like the I like the maple. Maple, maple. Why did I say brown sugar? Maple. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maple old fashions and apple fritters are my thing. Yes, yeah, so yeah. Other than that, I don't really eat no other donuts. Mm-hmm. I barely, I barely eat donuts now unless I like get the craving for it old fashioned. I'm like, I'm going to the donut shop across the street. Yeah. Oh, you got a donut shop across the street from you? Yeah, I got oh, two. No. Dude, no, no wonder you gained weight during COVID. I'd be over there every day if oh, I had no. one in walking distance. Dude, that's the thing. During COVID, uh, I was living out in Berkeley, basically. So, oh, right. uh, what we were doing was just eating whatever and buying food off of Uber Eats and 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 all that. Like it was just we were just eating whatever. And then we would cook, but it would still be like super fatty food. We wasn't working out or anything. Right. So that, that's where all the weight, the, uh, me gaining weight came from and the alcohol. So, you know, I, I was the exact opposite because when COVID hit, my kids went out to Wyoming and stayed there with their mom. And, uh, and so it was just me for like three months. So it's like, you know, I was just cooking steaks and like, green beans and then i had like a weight set at home so i just worked out at home and i i mean i cut i cut a ton of weight i mean i think i because i was already on the downhill you know i was already on the downhill uh as far as the weight goes i was already losing but man that was a time when i was really really focused if i was snacking i was eating beef jerky you know what i mean just stuff like that and so when i came when the gyms opened up and i came back i think i'd probably lost in that three months probably 25 pounds and just, you know what I mean? Just from lifting and running, you know, and, uh, and then I didn't have a ton of weight. So it was all like high rep, you know, stuff where your cardio would get up. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, man, that was, yeah, that was the time that for surprisingly, cause I wasn't going out to eat. Like that's my problem is going out to eat. Cause if I go out to eat and I'm spending money, I don't want to buy the, you know, the, the line, the, the chicken and cilantro lime rice, you know what I mean? I want the hamburger, yeah. that kind of thing. So Anyway, this YouTube. That's just me. <laughs> yeah. Wendy's. Oh, Wendy's. I just introduced my son. I realized uh, my son had not had a Frosty before, my 10-year-old. I was like, oh, get ready to live, kid. You know, and we had a Frosty and we got one of those Baconators. Yeah. Oh, dude. See, so I can't I can't have Frosties all that much, so that's why I always do it after, like, my last show of the weekend because I'm lactose intolerant. Oh, you are? Oh. Yeah. Give you some problems, huh? <laughs> Can't be doing that and going out there in your tights. You have an incident. <laughs> Don't eat that. Almost happened before. Don't eat that. <laughs> I'm almost late to, to my entrance because of it. So, <laughs> hey, real quick, did you ever have any? Um, is there ever, have you ever had a significant injury because of wrestling? <laughs> I have plenty. <laughs> I, have, oh, yeah. I have plenty. Yeah. I have oh, yeah. two dis. I I've had um two. I have two torn rotator cuffs. So on Ooh. each side, I've Ooh. dislocated my left shoulder. Um, mm. I have a broken left toe that no one really knows about. I well, wrestled, now they all know. Yeah, now they all now they're all gonna know. I've had a broken right toe before, bruised ribs. Um, I have a, a messed up wrist. Um, what well, I, I just have a lot, I have a lot, 
Um, what injured me from my collegiate wrestling was my Achilles tendon. So there's that. You tear it? Almost. I just wasn't able to walk mm-hmm. properly for a while. So I was on crutches. Like mm-hmm. they, they said I got lucky, but it was just like it sucked to walk. And then yeah. the same thing almost happened again during off season. So in college, I was literally back on crutches again. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe this is not meant for me then. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to mess with that. Jeez. Yeah, but I have a I have a lot of injuries. I have bad knees. Um mm. uh yeah, I, I I always wake up sore, but then I just go to the gym and make myself even more sore. It's massive yep. pain. I go to shows with a smile on my face, and people are just like, Man, you're always in such a good mood. And in reality, I'm like, I gotta stay positive because if I don't, all my pain is gonna come back, and then I'm just gonna be like, damn. I don't want yeah. to be here. Not ever don't want, and I don't never want to be like that. So yeah. show up, wrestle. I'm tired. I'm always tired. At one point, I was working 10 to 11 hours, then having to wrestle on weekends, three three shows a weekend, and then just being like, well, now I got to do this 10-hour shift or 11-hour shift, then I got to go to the gym right after work. Then I got to go to the gym again when I wake up from my nap, and then I got to go to work. Boom, yeah. bam, bop. Like, it, it was always... Go, 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 go. So yeah, that's yeah. that's life though. If you want to get anywhere, I mean, like I'm like that still. I've been doing that for 20 years, man. You know, between school and work and you know, being a lawyer and then doing wrestling, doing this podcast for kids, like you know, it's it's go, go, go. But the thing is though, is that the cool thing about that is is when you go to bed, like when I when I fall asleep, I mean I have earned that sleep. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, I don't you, wake up. Yeah, when you get to when you get lay, there's something about a feeling of going laying down on your bed and knowing that you you made every minute count in the day. You know, the weird thing is is like I don't know if you're like this, but I I end up uh, sometimes it's weird. Like there's never a day where I feel like man I satis- I'm satisfied. Like I, I if I have a list of things to do and I get everything done on the list. I'm just like, okay, so I, I got everything done. But there's never, like, the satisfied feeling. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like if I don't get everything done, I'm like, God, I didn't get everything done. I'm such a piece of garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, then, but yeah. like, if I get everything done, I'm like, all right, good. I got everything done. You know? Uh, I think that's, a, I mean, for me, it's, it's driven me to be successful. I don't know if you're similar to that. No, I, I still, for me, it's like, once I'm done with the wrestling part, like I just decompress and be like, man, I'm done. Now I got to do this all next week again. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm happy. Now I can build up to it. And then when I'm done, I'm just like going back down. I'm like, now I got to rest. Then I got to lead right back up to it again. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm always, I'll always get that, like, I did that. Now I can yeah. sleep. And then, yeah. I, then I go eat and then I go to sleep and wake up and eat some breakfast. Enjoy Frosty. There you go. Right on. Enjoy let, Frosty. So here, let me give you this last question. I appreciate your time, too. You gave me a lot of time today. But uh, last question is, at some point down the road, you're going to pass away. And when you do, there'll be a funeral and someone will give you a eulogy. What would be the one thing you would want uh someone to uh say in your eulogy 
about you? I think mine's would literally be never give up, keep pushing. Because at the end of the day, you got to live your life to the fullest. Yeah, right on. You know, I actually, I, I lied. That's not the last question. There's another question <laughs> that I have. What This is a question that I, I ask, I, I want to start asking more people because I think it's an interesting one. I remember going to a church function and they asking some a leader of the church what keeps him up at night and I was surprised by his answer. And so what is there anything that keeps you up at night? Hmm. If you want me to be honest, I just have insomnia. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a hard I've, time I've sleeping. Always, I've always worked graveyard shift like hmm. from from me graduating high school to now is nothing but graveyard shift besides the pizza place because mm-hmm. obviously they close out like what 10 most of them yeah, 10. yeah right. but all my other jobs always next day I always come home literally the next day mm-hmm. so i have insomnia but if you want to talk about like what keeps my mind like just going like in general is literally my next step in pro wrestling like mm-hmm. what do i have to do next what should I do next? What type of merch should I make? Like this, that, like it's always that, but I try not to think about it too much because it's just like I have everything already right in front of me. Everything's already there. It's just like now I just got to keep pushing for more bookings until like I leave. That's really it. So, yeah. yeah. You know, the, the thing is, though, is that, uh, I have found personally, I mean, this just me, it's anecdotal. It's just what I, I've, I feel as though in the things that I've done in life, I've been highly successful in everything that I've done. And I have noticed that in order for you to really, at least for me to be successful, you have to be obsessed. Like you have to just be so laser focused. I mean, uh, you have to just like the fact that you, the thing that keeps you up at night is what's the next step tells me that you're going to be successful because that's what you need. I mean, I don't know how many times in school I was up at night wondering, okay, how am I going to get all this stuff done? Where do I go? I have to be here tomorrow. I have to do this. I have to make sure I study for this test. You know, right now as an attorney, I don't know how many times I've been up in the middle of the night, just saying stuff like, Hey man, like I got to go to, you know, how am I going to get this case resolved? How am I going to get this person the money that they deserve. How am I going to try this case? Like what, you know, how, how am I going to approach this witness? Yeah. That's what you, that's what you have to have to be successful. So the fact that you think about that so much, there's so many guys out there who go, who probably go out there and they're just, I'm having fun, go to the show, hang out with my friends, do my 10 minutes, my 15 minutes in my match, shake some hands, sell some merch, go home. Don't think about it again until the next show. The fact that you're constantly thinking about it tells me that, that's that is why you're improving you know what i mean thank you man so, i appreciate that yeah yeah absolutely well listen i'm really grateful you know this is this is what's so cool about having a podcast is i get to have you know i've known you for probably what five five years now i've known you and this is the first time we really sat down and just talked about who you are and where you've come from and so yeah. i'm just uh grateful for the opportunity i'm really excited to see where you go next and uh you know excited to 
I'm excited to have you back on this podcast when you come back from Japan and see what you see the difference. So let's. Oh, hopefully, most hopefully. most definitely. Just you know, I'll let you know when I'm on my way back, and yeah. then we can set something up. Right on. Well, well, for those who have listened, uh, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Really appreciate it. Follow Alpha. So where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore Alpha Zoe. And on Twitter at KOT AlphaZo. Um, obviously, Facebook AlphaZo. That's mm-hmm. where you can find me. I don't have thread. I don't want thread. I don't need it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, all I got. I, I don't even I don't even know what that is. So okay. Keep it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's not, not yeah. Where's your where's your OnlyFans AlphaZo? Where's that? No, don't have <laughs> No, no, <laughs> not selling, to. not selling foot pictures yet. No, so, no. no. Anyway, I mean, I mean, um, pics, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, right on. We got a bunch of cool stuff coming up. We got some more fun things, and we're coming up on the one year anniversary, which I've got cooking a, a pretty exciting guest coming on for the one year. Um, so just keep following us: YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you can. And Alpha Zoe, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Big Dog. <laughs>